Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and I'm ready to get into this episode today. I think I am still reeling from the wild, wacky week it was in the hobby last week. I believe there is a lot we can all learn, and there is moments and opportunities in the good, the bad, the ugly for us to have a discussion about what it means for us, the collector, not necessarily all the flavors of the hobby in every individual pocket and every different type of persona, every different type of individual brand or organization. But I really want to focus this conversation in on the person listening to this show, the collector. And what I want to do, and I don't necessarily like to get into the weeds of the hobby drama. However, I do feel compelled when stuff is going on that is dividing our hobby or there's discussions or there's um, things that are happening that might be funny business to at least bring them up and talk about them from the context of the collector and what this means for us. I know there was a lot of discourse throughout the social media and throughout the internet. You couldn't turn anywhere with something or somebody talking about or commenting on several different things that have gone on this past week in the hobby. And I don't want to get down in the weeds in each and every individual case, but I do want to take some of these hobby happenings, use them as case studies and talk about them. And hopefully by me sharing my thoughts on them on this platform, we can all think about what this means for us as the collector and we can move forward. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there who is listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast, everyone who um, was a part of episode 200. And I just want to say from the top, it means a ton. All the nice notes, the communications, the DMs, all the support for this show. Um, You are all the reason why I do this thing. Um, I learn from you. This is my hobby hack. Um, Do a podcast about being a collector in sports cards and get connected to all the other individuals in the hobby, they're just as passionate, if not more passionate than me. I learn a ton from you every week. So I just want to say thank you again, a little bit of gratitude from the top. I've been doing that. want to continue to show my love to the community. Also want to congratulate my Cathedral High School Fighting Irish Baby basketball for a state champions in Indiana. What a feat. They went down to Gangbridge this weekend and uh, did some business and are holding up that state trophy uh, championship. So but football, there are a lot of state championships uh, Cathedral has in football and a lot of greats, a lot of current active players in the NFL. Pete Werner, Terry McLaurin, Ted Karras. There's there's just a lot of history there. Um, football at my high school, Cathedral. Part of the reason why I love football so much. Volleyball definitely dominates. Cathedral has a rich history there. Basketball, little a little more competitive. Um, The sectional from hell is what they call it. It is just brutal. Some of the best teams in the state of Indiana all have to battle it out on the front end um, in a sectional uh, championship that is 
definitely d- difficult. This sectional has breeds NBA talent. There's so many NBA players that come from the city of Indianapolis. So to see my high school come out, prevail, go on top, um, it was cool. So I just want to shout them out. I also want to shout out my new quarterback here in Indianapolis, Matt Ryan. Wow, what a freaking wild week of a wild stretch. Can can you believe what is happening here with football? All the transition players that you never thought would be traded or jump ship. It's happening at a more rapid pace than ever. I don't think anyone saw the Tyreek Hill uh, deal going down, Devontae Adams, all the quarterbacks. I've got a new quarterback. And I just think my immediate take, and I posted my first Matt, of course. I, I bought a Maddie Ice card, and I bought it, one that was significant for me. I posted this on my Instagram, so go check it out if you haven't seen it already. But I bought his 2011 Topps Chrome Crystal Atomic Refractor out of 139, pop two, PSA 10. I bought that card because it's a parallel of another card I own, and that's my Peyton Manning. You know me. I like to collect Colts quarterbacks, and there was something significant in Matt Ryan's press conference that I did not realize. Peyton Manning, my favorite athlete of all time, is the mentor of Matt Ryan. So how about that connection? So I'm starting my PC off in style, connecting my Ryan, first Ryan, to an existing Manning piece the first and only year of the Crystal Atomic Refractor in Topps Chrome. You want to talk about shine, baby. Hoo-wee, I freaking love it. If you are a shiny um, like that, like it when the light hits the ice and, and you, you can, uh, it dances a little bit, man, check out those Crystal Atomics. That card is amazing, but I am really happy the way this all shook out. Yes, there was a mess in Indy, traded our quarterback on search for another one, but I'm pretty optimistic, of course. I'm a I'm a homer, but I'm optimistic about two things that we did not have at the quarterback position last year was the pre-snap reads, the ability to look at the defense and make adjustments and accuracy. And Matt Ryan brings both of those things to the table. We still have some things that we need to build on top of. We need a, some more weapons. We still got some cap room. We still got some time. So We'll see what happens, but I'm excited about Matty Ice, a consummate professional coming in to be QB number one in Indianapolis. I'll also say this, football cards and the football card market, we're going to get going. We're, we're rearing to go, and I've been reflecting and thinking a lot about this, and the hobby loves speculation. The hobby loves transition, and when each of these major pieces move to different teams, it provides us as collectors in the hobby and speculators the opportunity to say oh well what if this change of scenery brings more growth for this player and so I think my read on all of this transition is that money has become such a crazy thing in the NFL and my point of view on I'm going to take this from just like the NFL business side and flip it into the hobby but my point of view in Kansas City kind of holding their ground and making it known this is what we're going to pay you and this is what we have for you to Tyreek Hill and him moving over is that the money is so crazy and it becomes this point with when you have players and teams where it reaches this point and you say, you know what, I can flip this into some draft picks and I can decide if maybe I'm not going to get the production exactly like a Tyreek Hill, but maybe this is an opportunity for us to change a little bit what we're doing and maybe we can land an athletic um, show-stopping wide receiver with two of these picks that we got. So I think more teams are uh, 
looking towards the future and not wanting to get wrapped up in existing contracts that might set them back, especially at positions like that aren't quarterback. So that's something that I find interesting. But I think the transition causes more attention on football and football card market market than ever. And I've seen the conversation. I've seen the transactions being done. And it is a wild, wacky, wacky road here if you're an NFL football card collector. I'll also say this in closing. I think this is a really good thing. I think movement is good. I think it brings more conversations. It brings more attention. It brings us as collectors the opportunity to decide, do we want to go collect this new player, i.e. Matt Ryan, because he's my new quarterback? Do I want to sell a player that I was collecting for a hot minute, i.e. Carson Wentz? And so I think Whenever there's change, it causes us to make moves in our PC, and that is what I am seeing right now, and we'll be seeing more of that. It is WrestleMania freaking season. We are on the road to WrestleMania. It is WrestleMania week. Shout out to everyone who's going to the D to go to the two most stupendous nights of sports entertainment of all time, as they coin it, but I'm excited. I've already blocked it off on my calendar. I got Saturday and Sunday evening. To my demise, I'm going to sit there like a pro wrestling degenerate and watch some guys and gals go at it. There, It is the grandest stage of them all. And speaking of wrestling, I didn't even have this in my notes, but it just hit me. We had a uh, Roman Reigns 2021 finest superfractor sell this past weekend for 8K Raw. So how about that? How you doing? And... I'm a Roman Reigns Superfractor owner a few times through. And I looked at my wife and I just said, this is what I paid for my 2020 Roman Super. And this is what this one sold for. This is how wild sports cards can be at this time. So for me as a Roman guy, someone who has Roman cards, someone who will be cheering on the tribal chief, the head of the table, who's going to be in God mode against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm happy to see People coming in, attention on wrestling cards. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode this past week with Lucas from Panini, brand manager, WWE. Prism is dropping 4-6, and we are just getting started, baby. WrestleMania season, cards, the whole thing. I'm ready to go. I'm just, this is my segment. This is what I love. I love the passionate collectors in the modern wrestling card space and there's going to be so much more conversation, so much more dialogue, but just to see an 8K card raw sell like that, Roman Reigns, it gives me a lot of confidence in what I am doing. And also just want to shout out my man, Triple H, legend, hanging up the boots, had a scare at the end of last year. I'm glad to hear he's doing all right, but will no longer be competing in the ring. Thinking back on all the amazing moments Triple H has given me as a fan, I'm the one that stands, there's so many, but the one that stands out to me is... 2000 Royal Rumble, uh, street fight against Cactus Jack. That to me was kind of the match where, you know, Mick Foley helped make Triple H into what he is today or what he was. And that match is one that, as I'm, you know, getting some time today before the March Madness um, goes. And shout out, how about, how about, uh, you know, whether they're, they're still playing or whether they're losing by the time this goes live, you got, you got to love the uh, St. Peter's Peacock story. Uh, winning the hearts and the minds of America. They're America's team, baby. So shout out to them. I'll be cheering them on. But I am just, I, I get wrapped up in these moments. And I, I just, whether it's 
basketball, football, whatever the sport is, um, there's just it's just so much fun. And I just want to say, like Triple H gave me so many memories, saw him so many times, and man, dialing back on his career, looking at the response, there has just been so much uh, sentiment and just my punctuation point on him when I posted about him was just a legend. So thank you so much, Triple H, for all you gave to us and all that entertainment. All right, we're going to get into it now. We're going to just go. We're going to plow right through this, and I promise we're going to end on a positive note because I've sourced the community because of all the stuff going on this week. I sourced the community. I said, hey, let let me know. Like, There's all this stuff going on, but I want some positive stories from you because I'm going to close out the episode to make sure we end on a positive note. Again, I'm going to share this from the context of a collector and my mentality, and I hope this just gives you some real authentic unfiltered thoughts about some things that happen in the hobby from my perspective and what I think we can learn from. So some of you out there that are listening to the show might not have any idea what happened this week in the hobby. I'm guessing you are a collector that doesn't spend a lot of time on social media platforms. You don't even know what the hell an influencer is supposed to do, be, or represent. You have never been pitched or force-fed kind of why you should join the next big thing or the next trading card or the next NFT platform. And if this is you, if this is you out there and you don't know, you had a great week in the hobby and you have no idea what's, what happened or, or what took place, please enjoy it. Collect your cards, visit your LCS, support your damn local card show. I think some of us wish we, we, had, we were tuned out this past week. I think a lot of us, myself included, I wish... I wasn't so tuned out, and I wish I didn't care so much. The fact of the matter is is I care so much because I spend so much damn time building relationships, collecting cards, creating content, and I care. And I had thought there had been a moment this past week where I said, do I even say anything on the podcast? And I said, I slept on it, and I said, you know what? I'd be doing myself an absolute disservice and the rest of the hobby a disservice because I don't think enough people in the hobby have put on their big boy and big girl pants and stepped the fuck up and said something. And I think that's a problem. I think we need to use our platforms, our brands, and if you've got an Instagram page and if you've got something, that is your brand. That is your brand, and you need to use it, and you need to speak out when you see something wrong. And maybe I'm naive. Maybe a majority of people and maybe a majority of Collectors in the hobby didn't see anything wrong with what happened this past week, but I sure as hell did. So I have a lot to say. You can probably tell I'm getting fired up. I don't want to get into the weeds of every minor minor detail. And I actually recorded this past week. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to shout him out, sports card therapist. I recorded with Rob. I'm, I'm going to be jumping on his show. I think it goes live on... Friday. So if you're listening to this, Rob, check out his show. He's going to be, uh, we, he he brought me on for an interview and uh, we started talking about some of these notes and highlights. And as he was describing, there was stuff that transpired that I didn't even, I didn't even remember because it's just been a busy week. So I'm not going to get in the weeds on everything, but I'm just going to broad strokes, talk of, just have a little bit of dialogue about my thinking and what's happened. So before I start this, I just want to say like, there's five like things that are top of mind for me, just that from a macro perspective. So I think one, the hobby mainstream, remember, this is your hobby content alternative. So this is, to me, when I do this show, 
I would rather have fewer engaged listeners than a majority of platforms who just want more. Let's cast this wide net. Let me just get more people in to my thing. I don't want that. Like I have made a point and made it evident that this show is not for everybody. This is for a community of people who give a shit about the hobby, who are collectors first. Okay, so when I say your hobby content alternative, I, I'm anti-mainstream activity, 100. So the hobby mainstream and its activities decide, they, they cast a wide net, and they want as many people as possible to come into their funnels, okay? This is the same for music. This is the same for movies and the same for television. Quality goes way down when it's intended for more people. We saw the lowest of the low quality behavior this week in the hobby mainstream. Greed is freaking ugly. It's one of the deadly sins, okay? And it was on full display, okay? Whenever you've got more people, more money, you're going to have greedy motherfuckers who are going to come out and try to take advantage of it. This will never stop. And no matter what I say or anyone else says, it is just an awareness building exercise here. Greed, full display. I think a majority of the negativity of the activity centers around the new. And this is new products or positioning of products causing hysteria, which leads to opportunities of others to take, to take advantage of others, okay? I think hobby watchdogs or junior watchdogs, if you will, are a really good thing for the hobby. And I will say, I have not done a great job of saying, you know, we need more watchdogs. We need more people looking out. We need more awareness building, mostly because I don't like to get into the weeds on the, the drama stuff. Like, I really like to focus on the cards and the relationships. But when stuff snowballs and it eventually it starts impacting and our obstacles to me having a normal conversation about collecting and cards, that's when I say, okay, well, these platforms, these people that are bringing awareness to some of the wrongdoing in the hobby, like, we need that. We just do as a, as a growing um, community. I think also brand and reputation are the most important assets that we have in the hobby, and not everyone understands this, and that, again, was on full display this past week. So I, I got a message, and I know the message is a loyal listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast, but it was so good, and it hit the core of what I felt in a way that made sense to me. And maybe it was because I'm a massive music junkie and a big music guy, but the way he summed it up was beautiful. And I think music analogies are appropriate and it's not his fault, but I will say this all kind of started with Drake's entry into the hobby. So it's, there's, it's symbolic in a way. We're going to use a music analogy after kind of Drake started this period. And this is not Drake's fault by any means or any stretch or any imagination but I just think this is a, a good analogy. So I got a message this week and it said, if I'm a punk band that's just in a local scene with a few venues and a big promoter comes in and finds more spaces to play, but he only books EDM DJs, does that matter to me? Sure, that grew the local music scene, in quotes, but really just produced another silo. And that really only helps the promoter, in parentheses, card manufacturers, with minimal quality added to the experience of mus musicians, parentheses, collectors. So I thought that was really good because there's this narrative that I've used that so many other people have used that say no matter what happens, like anything, different flavors, like we need to support this because it grows the hobby. But I think this analogy suggests that when new things come in, and it's done in a certain way, 
the fact of the matter is it just creates more silos in a hobby that is in need of stronger connection. So that one hit home to me. And I love this analogy so much that I'll go on record and say that the hobby in its current construct with a bunch of new things that are coming in are building and developing silos. This is what is happening. So I first want to touch, and again, like I'm going to say this because I'm not going to necessarily say that I think the result of some of these rollouts and launches has led to some suspicious activity in place. And I think like first and foremost, I just want to say this and be very, very clear when I say this is that what I'm about to say just about vFriends, Zero Cool, the new product that's come out, I think the problem necessarily isn't like the cards itself. The problem is, is what is happening post-sale and shill bidding. And I think it is undeniable to me, and I'm not going to move off this, that if you go look at the eBay history of all the V friends cards that are being auctioned, a overwhelmingly large percentage of them are being bid up by zero score, zero feedback users, and aren't being paid for. This commentary comment, like this has been talked about throughout the hobby. I think even saw comments about from people who have platforms that monitor this saying that a majority of these cards aren't being paid for. So shill bidding is on full display. And I will say this, undoubtedly, there are people in that community that love these cards and want to collect these cards and want this community to thrive and grow. And I know that. I know that I've got messages from some. But I think oftentimes bad actors don't allow us to see the real, rich, strong community that might exist around something like this. I will not, and back to the hobby watchdogs, I think one, South Park Cards 2, I'm going to call him out. He has been diligently posting on his stories things he is seeing and things he is finding on all of these topics. So I want to shout out that account because a lot of, a lot of awareness from what has been going on from, from my end has been seen through some of the work and research that he said. So what? So let me start here. So when I talked about V Friends, I said it's not for me, okay? And I also said that, but it's for some people and it's new product. And when new product comes out and people are interested in it and I'm not, I'm totally cool with that. Like I only like certain things in the hobby and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you do too. I think what, what took place was a me- media tour, influencer relations, and about V friends, right? There is these new cards, new company, first fanatics deal. So this is how we do marketing today. This is how marketing goes down is where V friends, Gary media company, they're going to go and they're going to go talk about their cards and they're going to go try to get them in front of people with audiences. He has a media company. There's a very media centered approach to promotion of new product these days. I think the problem for me is that some people that promoted this product and might be benefiting from this product might be turning a blind eye to some of the suspicious activity that is taking place. I think polarizing figure or not, what happens with a big influencer like a Gary is that people obsess and love his every move and they like what he's saying and they, they support him and they show their love. 
and he's he's earned that with his audience. He's got a strong connection with his audience. But you know, when he started talking about sports cards and started showing off some of his cards, what like it grew. The hobby grew, right? Most people weren't educated. They were just going out and buying what Gary was saying. And base cards went all the way up. And entry-level stuff went all the way up. And then what happened? It crashed really freaking hard. And I'd be, I think it crashed really freaking hard because there was a lack of education that was being provided to new participants. And I think marketing is all about building hype and momentum for what you're trying to sell. This is what I do for a living. Like I can admit this. Like I work in software. I work in technology. And this is what we do. We try to do whatever we can to get people excited for the product that we're building. So we can get more people interested in more people that are going to use the product. I think that is what marketing's job and role is. But I think great marketing is providing education on the other side. And I think there is not, there is not only a lack of education that is taking place, this is leading to irresponsible activity and speculation is occurring. Like I don't think we should be forecasting what our brand new product might be worth someday. I think if we do that, it just leads to more bad, bad activity. And when I talk about bad activity, I want to be very, very direct. Shill bidding. And I will go toe-to-toe with anyone looking at the data and say that there is a shill bidding problem with this new product. I'm not buying the narrative that people are coming in for the first time and opening up eBay accounts and spending thousands of dollars bidding these things up and multiple people doing this. I just can't do it. Because I can't do it because if you're a follower of Gary, Gary was doing pumping cards and talking about cards. And you're telling me people weren't on eBay then? So I'm not going to buy that. So the question is, is how does this help the collector or the person listening to this show? I think it, it doesn't. It, it just really causes up, us to put up our guard up and further isolates ourselves from this activity that doesn't make us happy. And I think that sucks. It goes back to the silos. But I do think if we see something wrong, I, I want new products to work. I want new people to be excited. But I also want the people that are participating in this, these markets to operate and behave in a way that best represents the hobby and what we're doing. The other instance, and I don't want to go into detail about this because, quite frankly, it makes me sick. But you've got the Blaze Leighton Flate. The Blaze and Leighton Flawless case break. And I think it's as bad of a look as you can possibly get in the hobby. And quite frankly, I'll say it's an embarrassment. Makes me, it's just like I'm exhausted thinking about talking about it right now. That's how bad it makes me feel. And I also want to say that if you want a detailed account and commentary on this, I'm going to point you to Kyle at Wax Museum. I know, I don't know when it's going to come out, if it's this week or next week or whatever, but I know he has notes and notes and notes covering this event. And so I'm going to point you to Kyle's show because I'm guessing there'll be some good commentary there. But the thing that really pissed me off and the thing that really got my attention was a tweet that was reposted from Card Porn from Suze. Yank's chick. She said, going to bed but leaving on this note, being a woman in this hobby wasn't enjoyable tonight. You've got Leighton issuing a statement quite afterwards. You've got this Blez clown taking off his shirts and showing his nipples to the hobby the hobby i commented on cardboard's page and i said it's an embarrassment the hobby mainstream is not only overhyped but it's becoming the underbelly the display what had happened is egregious i think the response by a segment of the hobby defending the decision and justifying why it's okay to have you know girls standing there scantily clad promoting your stupid fucking event was duh there is 
they're in Vegas, duh. Like that to me, that's even worse. Like if you're you're out there defending why this is okay and why like you've got a whole group of women in the hobby that are like saying this is disgusting, but you're out there saying this is okay, like you're the problem. Like shit like this creates silos. I think numerous tweets and reactions from the female participants in the hobby let us know how they feel. And for us to overlook that and think it's okay and we should continue to support these things is fucking insane. If you think this is a good move or you thought it was appropriate, I really don't know what to tell you. I think my advice to the collectors is that the market is going to continue to expand. There's going to be more opportunities for dumb shit and greed. And I think what we should be doing is if you see something that's wrong that you think sucks, don't sit back. Speak up. Share your voice. I think. Ultimately, focus on what makes you happy. If it's the cards and the relationships like me, find ways to block out all the noise. Block out all the noise. I love this hobby. I'm optimistic in this hobby. But I, right now, as I'm recording this, I feel like all I want to do right now is block out the underbelly, and that underbelly is the hobby mainstream who is supporting these activities and these, the hobby mainstream who is capitalizing off of these activities. I've got a conversation with a collector that is coming in on Friday, Mikey.SportsCards. He is someone who I met at the National. He loves football cards. He's always moving in and out of stuff. Um, I just observe him and love his PC. So I'm excited to be talking with him. Bring the conversation back to the freaking collector. Let's go. I want to close this episode out with just some positivity, okay? So I asked like crazy week in the hobby. Tell me some stories of things that happen that are positive to you. And we're going to leave this one shining a light on the community. So card collecting 82, an anonymous stranger gifted me an important card that I needed for my set build. You got to love that. You got to love someone paying attention, seeing you post something, read it, and just getting a package unsolicited that helps build your PC. That is what we need to focus on. My man, Zan Morning. Wrestling with Cards, Worlds Collide podcast. Go check out his YouTube page. Go check out this show. I shut out the noise and I don't care about in the hobby and made a trade for a rock auto on Instagram. Zan, post that baby when you have it because I want to smell what you're cooking over there. 916 Collectibles. I've been getting soldiers into collecting. Helps ease our minds and bring nostalgia. First and foremost, 916 Thank you so much for your service. And I think that is a great way to turn maybe negative experiences into a positive one. Any, also, anybody out there who is served in our military, who has put their life on the line for our country, I just want to say thanks. I don't do that enough. Thank you for that. Thank you when all this other crazy shit is happening in the world. Um, I just, we, I appreciate that. And 916, thank you so much for sharing that. Stops. Rustolium, I put an extra one hundred dollar card um, in an eBay sale. I love that. How about that? Bear down, boiler up. Met up with two buddies in Chicago. Sport spectacular. Felt like mini nationals. Had a blast. Cousins collectibles. Picked up a nice PC card. Keep focus. Keep positive. Keep collecting. Ephis pitch. Seeing a buddy pull a rare out of a hundred Jeter from an old Chrome ba- baseball box. Don't you love that? Don't you love it when one of your friends pulls a badass card and you can cheer for him? It's one of the best parts of the hobby. PK cards. Dealer remembered I was looking for a PC card. I acquired it and he sold it to me, baby. Cuts cards 23. Got a chase card. Gold Moss for a deal 
from someone trying to raz it. I am 6511, pulled a Derek Rose card that I was really excited about. Drake, Drake's PC, landed a Manning I've been after after nine months, plus multiple people came in asking me and trying to get educated on wrestling cards. I love it. Let's focus in not on the pumping. Let's focus in on the education so people can go find and buy what they like. Motor City Marks, PSA sub finally popping. Don't you love it? Five-star collector, being able to work out a deal with a collector for PC cards. Hobby drama sucks. What a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast. If you like what I'm doing over here, of course, hit that subscribe button. Follow me across social at Stacking Slabs. And most importantly, tell a damn friend about the show. I'll be back on Mikey.SportsCards Friday episode. Let's freaking go. Make it count. Talk to you soon. Thank you.